Hey, we are glad you're here uh, today, and um, you know, life is a journey. How many of you know life's a journey? Come on. And sometimes life has valleys in it. Sometimes life has mountaintops. Sometimes, you know what, life brings dark moments. Maybe you have come through some dark moments uh, in 2018. And then other times life has dynamic moments. And no matter what life brings on the journey, there's actually hope that we can hold on to as we move through life. And again, we many times let the circumstances define whether we have a happy new year or we let the dynamics of life, the disappointments in life, the darkness in life define whether we're going to have a happy new year. But today what I want us to do is I want us to look at a passage in the Bible to to help us move from one year to the next. And I can't think of a better place to share from than actually uh, at a uh, place in Scripture where the Jewish people celebrated one of their feasts. And actually, God had numerous feasts for the Jewish people to celebrate. They're better known as God's holidays or, or God's feasts because God gave them the feasts to participate in so that they could remember who he is, rejoice in who he is, and rest in who he is for the future. And I thought as we leave one year and move into the next year, there's no greater thing to do than find rest for the future. Because there's a lot of turbulence in the world, a lot of disturbance in the world, and I know that God has a great plan for you and a great plan for me, and we can rest in the amazing future. And so... What I want to do today is I want to look at a statement that Jesus made at uh, this feast called the Feast of the Tabernacles. And it's one of the celebrations that God gave for the people to celebrate. And again, like we're celebrating New Year's, uh, New Year's Eve tomorrow night. Many of you will go to parties. They'll uh, have fireworks everywhere. I mean, Myrtle Beach is just full of fireworks. Come on, somebody. There's going to be these incredible celebrations, lots of people partying as we leave one year and move into the next year, and they're hoping for a great future. And honestly, this feast that we're going to look at today where Jesus made this incredible statement was was kind of like New Year's celebration. In other words, it was kind of closing out one year and moving into the next year. Now, history tells us that God had these amazing feasts, and many people, hundreds of thousands of people would show up for three particular feasts in Jerusalem and This one is called the Feast of Tabernacles, and it actually celebrates uh, when God brought the Israelite people out of bondage in Egypt. He took them on a journey, and he was taking them to a land of provision and promise. It was a land with everything they would ever need so that they could share who God was with the rest of the world. And so these, these feasts reminded them of this amazing journey that God took them on. And the last one that they would travel to Jerusalem, hundreds of thousands of people, they would camp out. It was an amazing time, and it was quite a celebration. But as they came to Jerusalem to celebrate this Feast of Tabernacles, Jesus stood up, and he was at this particular feast. And he he makes a declaration. It's 
Jesus spoke to the people. In John 8, it says that Jesus spoke to the people once more. And so when I read that, I'm like, okay, well, we know that Jesus spoke often and spoke to people often. But he was speaking to the people at, the, at this feast, at this celebration, at this closing of one year and preparing to move into a new year. And where he spoke here, he had spoke previously in John 7. And he made a couple of declarations that would really connected with the people in that particular day. And one of them he said earlier in John 7, he says, anybody who is thirsty, he says, come to me and basically I'll refresh their soul. And they would have understood this because there was a, a huge time at this celebration where there had been hundreds of thousands of people where the priests would have poured out water and, and they would have celebrated and they would have rejoiced and so they began to really understand what Jesus was saying. And in our day, when we read statements like that, because we don't always celebrate those festivals, we don't grab hold of what he was saying. But make no mistake about it. It would be like, like somebody coming to the New Year's Eve party and declaring something about themselves connected to the things that surrounded the New Year's Eve party. And the next day, he stands up and makes a second statement. This is where we find this in John 8, where it says he spoke to the people once more. He also spoke to them again before he left Jerusalem in John 10. And he says, I'm the good shepherd. In other words, he's declaring something at this celebration, at this feast, at this big New Year's Eve party, so to say. And so he makes this statement. He says, I am the light of the world. And again, the reason I share all that historical information with you, I want you to understand the weight of what Jesus is communicating on that particular day, what he is stating, what he is saying, because it could change your life. And he says, I am the light of the world. And he says, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. And again, they're at a, at a holiday where they're celebrating their journey, where they would basically stay in, in small huts and tents. And many Jewish people today, even to this day, when they celebrate this feast, that's what they do. They go and they stay in temporary huts, temporary tents, maybe on their back porch in their backyard or somewhere else to remind them that God was with the people when he brought them out of bondage. He was with the people when he was carrying on a journey, a 40-year journey, and he was with the people as some of them entered into his great, great promise. And so the Feast of Tabernacles is all to remember the journey. I don't know how long you've been broke free from bondage, not physical slavery, but slavery to the enemy. But what God wants to remind you, that even though you've broke through bondage, that his presence is necessary to take you on the journey. Whether God broke you free from the bondage of sin last year, last week, last night, or 38 years ago. That you know what? He is still present today and he will continue to move with you if you will allow him to be your God. So literally what Jesus is saying in John 8 when he says, I am the light of the world and I'll lead your life. What he's saying is, I am God. And because he made this ridiculous statement, 
at the, at the pouring of the water and whenever the people would light up these amazing lights in the temple courtyards in Jerusalem that would light up the entire city. It's, it's like Jesus is saying, you know what, what we're, what we're remembering here, I am the one that it's all about. I, I'm the very presence. I'm the very guidance of God. You know, the Bible teaches us something. On the journey, that there was a column. There was a column, a cloud column that led the people in the daytime on their journey. And there was a column of fire that led them in the nighttime on their journey. In other words, you know what? God was moving in the daylight and in the dark. And I find that fascinating because that's what some of us need to hear as we move from one year to the next year. It's God is moving on the mountaintop and in the valley. He's moving in the daylight and in the dark. He's moving whether you are experiencing a dynamic life or life of great, great darkness. And what Jesus is saying, if you will follow me, I'll lead you to the great, great promises of God because I am the God who led the Israelites through the desert in the valley, in the deserts, in all the places on their journey. It's an amazing statement. And again, the people of his day would have gotten what he said. It would be like when you go to the, to the fireworks, you know, all that traffic you're going to fight on New Year's Eve, tomorrow night. You know what I'm talking about, right? Some of you going to fight the traffic, get the perfect spot, put your lounge chairs out early, get the kids all gathered up to watch the fireworks on New Year's Eve. It would be like somebody grabbed the microphone and says, hey, you see these fireworks you see here? He, he that, that, you know what? I'm God. I have more power than they have. I'm, I'm what they represent. You'd be like, what? And that's what, what Jesus is saying. And the people are grabbing hold of what he's saying and the statement that he made on New Year's Eve, so to say, at this great festival where there's hundreds of thousands of people. And you know what? Some of the people wanted to put him away, put him to death because he was making such a radical statement. And what he was saying is, you know what? Even though you're experiencing darkness in your life, I'll lead your life. I'll take you on an amazing journey. Life is a journey. Life is temporary. And I will move you in the dark moments and I'll move you in the light moments if you will just learn to follow me. How many of you know the present moment is temporary? But the eternal God is still here in the temporary and he will move you through whatever circumstance or challenge you face in this life, whether it is good or bad. I am here to declare to you today that life is filled with valleys and mountaintop experiences. However, what will happen in life if we, if we get stuck in in the valleys, in the mountaintops, and we don't move because God is an ever-moving God. He's an ever-present God. But you need to understand he's always moving people towards his amazing promises. And if we're not careful, we'll get stuck on the mountaintop or we'll get bogged down in the valley and we won't move. The reason God led the people in the dark by fire was to let them know that, you know what, 
I am God always. And even, you know what, when you feel like you can't move, I will lead your life. And again, this festival, some 1,500 years later, people are lighting up these torches and doing all this kind of stuff to remind the people that God is always God and He's always present and He's always there in the temporary moments of life. And if you will learn to follow Him, He will lead you into amazing promises and the eternal things He has in store for you. But what we do a lot of times is we don't focus on the life. Jesus made an incredible, bold acclaim. So I want to talk to you about moving because I think some of us are stuck. Maybe we're stuck by age. Or we feel too old to do anything else. Come on, somebody. I know I'm speaking to somebody up in here today. Some of us feel too young to do anything of significance. Some of us are stuck by the gender that God created us, whether we're male or female. Some of us are, are stuck by what somebody else has said about us. Somebody in here today is stuck because of your occupation. And you think that you don't have significance or purpose. I want to declare to you today that God is still God and he is on the move. And if you will learn to follow the light in the dark, he will lead you to his amazing promises. So how do you move with God? Literally. Because as we study the context of the story that they're celebrating at this feast, we, we know that there were some of the people that got stuck. As a matter of fact, the whole generation of them got stuck. But the Bible says there were two in the next generation, Joshua and Caleb, that chose to move, chose to follow the light. And if we, we study it close, we see why the people got stuck. They watched God do something amazing. They watched God basically bring them out of bondage, just like many of us in this room have watched God bring us out of bondage. And, and God brought them out of bondage to progress their life, to do something. He didn't just free them from, from bondage. He, he freed them from bondage to take them on a journey to refine who they were so when they got to the promise, they could be who they're created to be. And I need us to grab hold of that today because God has created each of us to be something great. And he's taking us on the journey. But again, a whole generation died in the desert. They did circles, the Bible says. And the reason they did circles is because they didn't let the fire by night lead them. They let the circumstances of the day define them. And when they faced battles and they faced opposition, many of them stopped and wanted to go back, the Bible says, to slavery and bondage because they faced opposition. They, they faced some things in that, in that journey that, you know what, God was using to refine who they were. And I need you to grab hold of that today. God is for you and not against you. No matter who you are, and if circumstances are falling upon your life, that's stalemating your life, and you have believed in this great God who has brought you out of bondage, make no mistake about it. He has taken those circumstances on this journey called life, and he is refining your faith in who he is so that you will be rock solid when you hit the promise and you are in the spot, the sweet spot of your success, making his glory and light known to all the nations. 
He's refining something in you. He's for you. He's not against you. He's purging some things out to get some things in. And this this physical story of this journey teaches us so much about life with our creator. Because God has created us for significance. He's created us for great purpose. He's created us to do amazing things and shine who he is in this world. But the Bible says, but you know what? That some of us, we, we get stuck in bondage. We never allow Jesus to lead us out. That's what the Passover feast celebrated, that they celebrate each year, the Jewish people. It was about bringing them out. But understand, this one is about, about the journey that they're doing. And everything on that journey is temporary. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that God had them to live in temporary huts, in tents, because he was moving them. I wonder what circumstance has got your tent stuck, your body stuck. Because the Bible says this is where we live, in this skin, in this earth scene. One, one Bible writer of the New Testament says this. He says, this one is flimsy. I know you're trying to keep your tent up. Come on, somebody. Keep it propped up, every, all the things, you know what I'm saying? Because our tents tend to kind of weigh down and fall down, right? I'm trying to keep mine up too. But, but here's the deal, is you can't put hope in this tent. You've got to put hope in the one that is outside of this tent and declares who you are. He's an eternal God. And, and when we get stuck and focus just on this tent, Again, that writer in the New Testament says, this is not our home. This body is fading away. But, but he says, you know, I'm not focused on this tent, this temporary dwelling. He says, I'm, I'm focused on the eternal things. And, and, and again, this is where I'm trying to shift us in 2019 is to focus on eternal things, not just temporal things, not just the tent not just the present, not just the valley, not just the mountaintop, but to know that God is with you and me every step of the way and he'll do what he says he will do and he will always deliver on his promise. But if you're going to move with God, you've you, you got to move into this relationship with God. And so how do we... How do we move with God? How do we follow this light? Because Jesus declared he's God. He declared he's the light. He declared that life is, is basically temporary. And if you wanted to move, move forward into the new world, the new Jerusalem, as a matter of fact, the Bible even declares that in the last book. But all of this is fading away like a flower in the fields. However, God is making all things new. The Bible declares that he is making a new heaven and a new earth. And one day he will merge those two together and he will put the new you and the new me in a new physical body and we together will walk in this newness of life, in this eternal life for all the days of our life, all of those who have believed in Christ, all things are becoming new. Stay the course, do the journey, keep moving. 
Punch your neighbor and say, keep moving. Punch them. So, following the light, following Jesus, keeping on moving into temporary adjourning. I wrote this down a few notes. Is I got to come out of bondage and I got to come to God. It's the first thing God invites you to. It's to come out of bondage. Come out of misaligning your life with him. The Bible says we've all misaligned our life with him. We've all missed his glorious standard for our life. We've all sinned. Many of you may have heard that. But we, we tend to think of that as something negative. But, but see, the positive in that is though we've all missed, God has brought salvation for all. Though we have all followed our own ways and gone in our own direction and done, we did our own thing, God has provided a way back to realign your life with who he says you are, who the human is, and what his plan for your life is. And the Bible says the pathway to realigning your life with God so you can do this amazing journey called life that is temporary and end up in the eternal things that God has in store for you is faith and belief in what Jesus has done on a cross. And then you cross over into this journey, into this new life. But my friend, this life is temporary. It's not. This life that we live physically here is, is fading away. And though you may have darkness, and though you may have disappointments, or maybe 2018 has been a banner year, it's gone. It's behind you. Why don't you turn your heart forward and let's move with God because God has set you free from the bondage and from the past all so you can set your eyes on eternal things and things that will last forever. And the way to experience those things is to move with God. He's an ever-moving God. He's always present but he's always moving. And I think if this, this particular year, as we move into the next year, to realize that the next year is temporary too, and to realize that circumstances are temporary, the mountaintops are temporary, all of these things here are temporary, but you know what? We can follow the light and experience the eternal things. If we could just get that one truth, that God has tabernacled, temporary come among us in the flesh, and his name is Jesus. He was here on a temporary assignment. And my friends, he fulfilled that temporary assignment and said, it is finished. Three days later, he rose from a grave, but you make no mistake about it. He's not coming back the second time just to tabernacle and be here temporary. 
He's coming back the second time. The return is to set up his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. And he will be the eternal king in the everlasting world that is still yet to come. What is your hope in? He tabernacled once to release humanity from the bondage of sin, slavery, and misaligning themselves with God. But my friend, if you have stepped out of sin, you know what? God is wanting to move you forward. In other words, he's wanting you to say, bye-bye, sweetheart. I'm going this direction. I'm following God no matter what mountain I hit, no matter what valley I hit, whether it's daytime or nighttime. I'm following the light. So how do I do that? I have to move out of bondage. I have to put my faith in Jesus. And I have to come to God. Are you following God? Jesus declared he is God. He declared that he is the light of the world. He is the very essence. He is what the Bible refers to, or not the Bible, but we refer to in the Bible as the Shekinah glory of God, the very essence and presence of God among people. And Jesus is the fullness of that, that glory, that, that presence of God here on earth as it is in heaven. And my friend, I wonder if you've come out of bondage and got a glimpse of the light. And if you've gotten a glimpse of the light, are you committed to following him with your life? Or are you going to get stuck like a whole generation of people and do circles and stay in a desert for 40 years? Are you going to move and experience what Joshua and Caleb experienced? Second thing I wrote down about moving with God is I got to commit to the promise. I got to commit to the promise. You know, the festivals were amazing. The festivals were like God's holidays to remind the people that he took them on a journey and he brought a generation into the promise. It was so that they could rejoice, but it was also so they could rest in, in the promises. They did these annual celebrations. These weren't like, like, some quiet moments. I mean, Jerusalem, very, very festive, lit all up, party. Come on, somebody. Celebrating what God has done. And, and, and you see, what they're doing at these festivals, they're remembering, you know what, that God is, is sending a Messiah, sending a liberator. But what many of them miss was the liberator. The light was among them. And what many of them still miss today is the liberator and the light, temporary tabernacle here. But he's making his permanent dwelling. He's coming back. He will be in Jerusalem. But the question is this, are you committed to the amazing promises of God? Because unless I commit myself to the promise, the problems will always make me do circles and laps and die in the journey not experiencing the amazing power of my great God my friend I'm learning the journey has mountaintops and has valleys but when I'm committed to the promise 
when I'm led the greatest by God is in the darkest moments, in the most challenging moments. And the way I'm led by God in the dark moments, when everything ain't lining up, the stars ain't lining up, and I ain't getting where I think I need to get. focus on the promise not the darkness I know the light he doesn't show me the way all the way but shows me enough way that I can take my next step and get up the next day and do this journey called life because I believe in the promise are you committed to the promise are you committed to the problems Because if you're committed to the problems, you'll get stuck in the darkness and you'll miss so much about the abundant life that God wants to give you and live through you. He's an amazing God. The third thing I wrote down about moving with God and experiencing the fullness of who he is as we leave 2018 and move into 2019 is I wrote down this way, I have to connect Connect with the people. You know, people can bring you encouragement, but they can also bring you discouragement. And and what's interesting is the two that entered into the promise, Joshua and Caleb, led the next generation. But, But they rallied together as the minority among the community. And I find this fascinating because they learned that though they were in a community, that they were connected to each other, connected to a great God, and they believed in where God was carrying them to instead of what the community was continuing to complain about, which was the problems. And again, the majority. God had sent spies into the land. The majority came back 80%. God ain't who he says he is. We can't experience what God says we can experience, a land of provision and a land that's going to bless us in such a way that that we can push that blessing out to the nations and make God known. 80%. It's amazing. Things haven't changed much, have they? It's because 80% of the people choose to listen to the complaining and the challenges and let those things stalemate them on the journey instead of focusing on the promise and rallying with a group of people that are purpose-focused. I thought about this a little while. What if we did away with community groups? started calling them focus groups. And here's why. It's because, you know, the two that were focused, they were in community, but others were in community without a purpose. You know, people get together in small groups without a purpose all the time. And if you don't have a purpose and a purpose for your small group, I mean, we're relational beings. But God brought the people to Jerusalem. I'm talking about hundreds of thousands of them. They would camp out for eight days, an eight-day holiday. Don't you wish your boss would give you off eight days? 
And they would party. And they would get in community. But the focus, the focus was the celebration, not just the fireworks, was the celebration of God is the one that brought us on our temporary journey. And you know what? We are believing that that same God is present with us today. His presence is here. And you know what? He is still has a promise in store. And can I tell you, not many of those people still believe that today, but some of them do. There's a remnant of them that do. And God is who he says he is. And I need to declare to you that God is raising up a generation and he will fulfill his promise. And I personally believe that I'm living in the generation. I think God's up to something. And I think he's doing something amazing. And I think he gave me a microphone. (laughs) To be a part of his voice box around the world. And say, come out of bondage. Come to God. Don't stay in the desert. We've seen Joshua and Caleb's. And you know what? We're about to lead into the promise. And we're believing that God is coming. And God is going to do what he says he's going to do. And we're not going to be stagnant. We are on the move. I honestly believe that with all of my heart. He's coming back. He had a temporary assignment the first time. When he comes back, hallelujah. As my buddy Anthony Brown likes to say, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. We're looking forward to that day to bringing in and ushering in the king of kings. Are you committed to the promise? Are you connected to a group of people that believe in the promise? Because I'm telling you right now, just getting together to eat Cheetos, If you're a Notre Dame fan, you will get disappointed. (laughs) Isn't it amazing how people get together? Rally around that kind of stuff? Just to work themselves up and get disappointed. (laughs) My friend, I'm telling you, God is the God in the present moment. The present moment will have darkness. It will have valleys. But you make no bones about it. We win in the end. And God is going to return. And he is going to do what he says he's going to do. And you know what? I ain't rallying around something that is just temporary. A good season or a bad season. No, no, no. I'm rallying around a permanent promise. That Jesus will do what he says he will do. And if it's up to me, I'm going to encourage you for you and I to be a focus group. And let's usher in the king of kings and the Lord of lords and be focused on why we are here. Which leads me to the last thing about about following God and moving with God is I want to be contagious. You know how you're contagious, right? You let out what's, what's inside of you. I mean, some of you walked up in here today and you got a cold and you've been sneezing and you're contagious and somebody needs to tell you. 
Just get close to Lisa Moss. She'll let you know. <laughs> Wash your hands. What's that stuff called? Pareil? Is that it? Pareil? Wash your hands. But God intends for his people to be contagious. I can tell you right now. There, there, was, there was complainers in the camp that didn't experience the promise. But there were two contagious and courageous people named Joshua and Caleb. And they chose to lead out and believe God for great things. And that he was going to do what he says he's going to do. And I think that God is saying, look, I'm looking for a church, a group of people, a body of people. I'm not just talking about barefoot church. I'm talking about a worldwide church that are contagious. And you know what? How they're contagious, if they believe me... If they're on a mountaintop, they believe me. If they're in a valley, they believe me in the darkness. They believe me in the light. I, they are walking with me all the days of their life, and they believe me. They have left bondage, and they are journeying with me. They realize it's all temporary, but I'm a glorious God, and I will do what I say I will do. Come on, somebody. Let's be a contagious church. This is what the Bible said. Jesus said he was the light. But Matthew 5 verses 14 and 16 says this. He he moves it. He says, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. In other words, you are, are my glorious presence as I work in you and I work through you together. He says, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. He goes on to say in verse 16, In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. That's a fascinating statement that Jesus made. He said, basically, if you're going to get together, be together with focus have an agenda. I want you to know today I got an agenda. If I meet with you, I got an agenda. And probably if you meet with me, you got an agenda. But what is your agenda? Is your agenda to just get together? To get together? Or is your Agenda contagious. And is it about eternal things? And again, I want you to know that God has created us to be in community. He's created us to do life together. But the central focus is the light of the world has come. And my friend, the same God who led the Israelites through the desert physically will lead your life today, all the days of your life, no matter how many dark moments you have. And I got to tell you, he's coming back. He's doing it sooner than later. He, I believe with all of my heart that darkness is fading and the light of God is rising up like the sun. And you know what? His glory is appearing and it's falling and it's going to do what it says it's going to do. My friend, I want you to understand today that Jesus, did you catch the agenda in the passage? It says you do something good. Do it on purpose. 
do something good so that people will see your heavenly Father. So people, so you reflect who God is and they can know who He is. Why do you do good? Simply because God is good. God has compassion and has a heart for humanity. But my friend, without attaching people to their Father, their Creator, their Heavenly Father, they're just orphans. And they'll always be orphans. Why don't you help them become a part of the family if you've truly experienced the Father's love? If you've truly caught wind of the light if you're truly moving forward towards eternal things how can you not help move somebody from bondage telling them that Jesus is coming how can you not invite people to follow the very presence of God and the light of God and the spirit of God to experience the eternal promise and enjoy eternity when God makes all things new. What if our focus shifted and we all came together with one purpose, unified in one accord to bring glory God, I thank you so much for your amazing love. Thank you for the light of Christ. Thank you for the perspective of understanding when Jesus made this audacious and incredible statement. And God, if it resonates with one individual here today, they're stuck in darkness. Maybe they're blind. Maybe they've been forgiven and You know what? They let the circumstances overtake them. God, I pray for them to be able to move forward this year. God, trusting you all the days of their life. You're a glorious God, and you're coming for your people. And I pray we'd attach ourselves to that that mission and that vision. We wouldn't just hang on the temple of God, our hearts would be connected to the eternal things of the soul. So God, I pray for the person today that's stuck. My friend, would you just surrender right where you are today? Have faith in who Jesus says he is. The Bible says, it is by faith that we please God. Would you just believe him? He made some bold declarations when he was physically here. God had made some bold declarations about himself before he arrived. And my friend, when he comes back, he's going to fulfill all the promises. Would you surrender? You just simply say, God, I'm tired of doing life my way. And I need to realign today. Tell God right where you sit today, thank you for the forgiveness. 
That's why Jesus went to a cross. Is to show us the love of God and to forgive you of all your misalignment, all of your sin. Tell God, thank you for that gift. Tell God you're ready to resurrect a new life. My friend, that's what the power of the resurrection teaches us. That you know what? God will raise us up and begin to work in our life and through our life. Tell God, thank you for the resurrection of Christ. And tell God today, you put all your belief, all your eggs, everything in that, in that truth of who Jesus is. My friend, if you made that decision, I want to say welcome to the family. The journey's not going to be easy, but we serve a great God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.